This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to be joined by an extraordinary CEO. We're joined by Vicki Briggs. Vicki's the CEO of UT Texas Tyler, uh, beautiful area. Vicki, can you take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about UT Tyler? And, and, and I know that the, the area has been hard hit by COVID-19. And maybe a moment on what you're seeing with COVID-19, if the surge is starting to crest or not, or what you're seeing out there today. Great, Scott. Happy to do that. Well, I began my career in healthcare a long time ago in 1977. My first CEO position was in 1990 as CEO of Women's Hospital in Baton Rouge. I've had the opportunity to work for not-for-profit organizations, for-profit organizations, joint ventures between for-profit and not-for-profit, and academics. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with the largest not-for-profit healthcare company, Ascension, and the largest for-profit healthcare company, HCA, and now in part of Ardent Health Services. Um, in addition to that, I've been, um, in addition to a CEO, I've been a CFO, a COO, a market CEO, a division CEO, and um, just lots going on and have never in my entire career experienced anything like what we're dealing with with COVID. Um, we hit a spike back in January of 2021, and uh, we far exceeded that. Our um, record right now is 192 patients at our peak, which was August the 31st, and that includes all the hospitals that I'm responsible for in Tyler, which includes our main campus at UTL Tyler, our UTF East Texas Rehabilitation Hospital, our long-term acute care hospital, and our North Campus. Um, the good news is I do believe we peaked and we are coming down from the, the high of about 192 or so to today about 137. And um, the, the downward trend has been pretty consistent every day. So we're very hopeful that we'll con continue to see that to, um, to um, go down. Well, fantastic. And, 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 and talk a little bit about, you know, you've had this magnificent career as a leader. You know, I'm very familiar with the Women's Hospital in, in Baton Rouge, and that's a place that's had magnificent leader for decades, including yourself as an original CEO of that some time ago. Talk a little bit about what advice would you give to leaders in healthcare today? I mean, it's such a challenging time, keeping staff morale up, keeping people positive. What advice do you give to other leaders? Well, um, transparency, being honest, say, telling why. I mean, one of the, the most challenging things we have right now is just the um, crazy mix master that is impacting all of our healthcare professionals, where they have been working so hard to care for COVID patients and all other patients as well. But the demand nationwide has ended up with contract rates going so high that our loyal um, caregivers in our communities have just succumbed to the opportunity to go away and make three, even four times what they can make at home. So that has caused us to have significant challenges in staffing. We've had to close beds, which is very discouraging. It's almost daily that we go on divert. Um, we have a large hospital right next door to UTL Tyler and um, the ambulances bring one patient to them and bring the next patient to us. We've actually, both of these organizations have different plans, but put in ex extensive incentives to try to keep our caregivers here at home instead of accepting these opportunities. We've got about, at UTF Tyler alone, 
260 vacancies across the spectrum, mostly in our um, direct um, caregivers. So it, it's quite a challenge. And the thing that really, I guess, disturbs me the most is the fact that people that don't have COVID with other health conditions are having their care delayed and have, is having an impact on their health. And it's actually um, challenging for our physicians to not be able to be able to provide the care that their patients need in a, in a hospital setting. So I, I think that um, everybody in healthcare understands this. I'm not sure that our communities really understand the, the broader impacts of COVID and some of the decisions that, that they may be making as far as getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. And um, the really, the, the best thing that happened, I guess, this week, as we started to see our COVID numbers decline is we had um, dedicated a, another unit to pediatrics because we were terrified that um, this Delta variant would hit kids. And luckily we were able to redeploy that unit back to being what it's originally intended for, which is a floor of our long-term acute care hospital because we didn't actually have that challenge, which would have certainly been very devastating. As far as like advice I would give to other leaders um, in, in, in a broader area, just beyond what we're currently dealing with, is, is know without a doubt that any su success that you obtain is due to your ability to inspire those that lead. And right now, um, with our healthcare um, providers, um, caregivers being just plain worn out and tired of working so hard, working extra shifts, um, seeing so much death. Um, it's taken a real emotional toll, but just rounding and talking to them and listening to them and trying to do everything you possibly can to, to make their on um, their time um, in their job be as, as good as it can be. And then the other is just don't jump to conclusions. Um, listen to all perspectives. Give the benefit of the doubt. Be overly generous with praise and think twice before you criticize. People are really sensitive now, right now. They're on, they're on the edge. So it's just so important to truly show um, that you care. Meet others more than halfway. Understand what's important to them. And I, I just think that human factor is so critical, especially at, at this time and, and truly always. And this, this concept of not assuming the worst in people, but being so praiseworthy and so positive about them, this is so important, isn't it, today? I mean, it, it's so easy to see the negative, but if somebody's 93% positive, 7% negative, as a leader, you better see the positive, shouldn't you? Absolutely. And, and you know, it's like I said, when people are so tired and, and, and worn out and, and frustrated, it's just that, that one little, what seems to be minor criticism might just be the thing that puts them over the edge. Um, you just don't know exactly where, where people are because, it, you know, they're coming to work, they're working hard, and they have all of their own personal challenges to deal with um, that you may not be fully aware of. Unfortunately, here just at UTF Tyler, we've lost six caregivers, which was just absolutely devastating. A nurse manager, a physician's assistant, a charge nurse, a respiratory therapist. Um, and we actually set up a memorial for them and had, had you know, individual flower sprays with their name and 
cards for people to sign to send to their families and pictures of them kind of talking about their career. But that just really was heart-wrenching. I mean, that must be so hard to deal with because people then know in the institution that they're going back to work and that some of their colleagues have died of, of COVID. It must be so hard. And it must just be very difficult. It is. And I just had lunch with one of our critical care physicians. And actually, um, these caregivers that we lost, it all happened within a week to 10 days. And he cared for just about every one of them. And he said, you know, Vicki, you just can't imagine. I mean, we're all kind of wired to know we're doing our very best and we're taking care of our patients. And yes, people are going to to die. But in this situation, um, they were young. Several of them were very young. And um, you just feel really helpless in these kinds of situations. And, and what are you seeing on vaccines and vaccine hesitancies? I mean, it's uh, our, our people more likely to get vaccinated as they see these horrible surges? What are you seeing on people's thoughts on vaccines and vaccine hesitancies? Well, and that's what's so surprising to me. I mean, our vaccination rate um, here in our, in our health system is still in the 40% range, which I just truly don't understand, especially as we see our colleagues that have died from this. And I'm all about independence. I mean, I was born in Texas, and I live in Texas, and you know, I don't like anybody telling me what to do. But you've got to you've got to be practical about this and have the personal responsibility to know that even you, you know, if you make a choice, it has you know consequences for others because this variant is so contagious. So you know, we can continue to advocate for people getting the vaccine, um, but it, it's just really surprising to me that more don't do it because the evidence is truly there. We see beyond a shadow of a doubt, a very small percentage of people with that have been vaccinated get COVID. And when they do, it's really something else, isn't it? I mean, when you, when you look at that, the vaccine rates are high in some places or in other places. And the data seems to be just overwhelming that vaccinated, and the more vaccinated, right? I mean, it just seems like the data is overwhelming. It is. It, it's just really, um, it's hard to understand. And I was pleased the other day, I, I got a, um, a call from a, a cousin in East Texas, and he said that several of his um, friends were sick and one had died and asked me what to do. And it's like, take the vaccine. And he did, but he was a holdout. Um, so just, you know, trying to, to, to give the right message and the right information. Yeah, it, it really is, uh, something else. And there are still, um, holdouts, but it's, it's, it's literally, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to put a right word on it. I know that people are influenced by so many different things, but we do the measles, the mumps vaccines, we do vaccines for so many things and yeah. it may be imperfect, but sure seems to be having a huge, huge impact on death and hospitalization rates in the places that have higher vaccine rates. And anybody could read any stat that they want and, and pull it out of context, but it sure seems like vaccines are overwhelmingly helpful. Oh, for sure. And look at what we did, all of us older people growing up, and we just lined up to have the vaccine. Nobody questioned anything. Um, yeah, and right somehow this became a politicized in some crazy way, but it is really a amazing thing, the impact and the positive impact the vaccines can have on people. So we're open uh, more and more people move in that direction. Just really an amazing thing. 
and, and, and talk about when you look at, um, you know, what you're most excited about now. I mean, so many people talk about these workplace shortages, staffing issues, people becoming travelers because the money is so great. And, you know, if somebody's putting their life at risk to work, who could blame a nurse for going to take more money someplace else or taking more money by refranchising themselves through a different contract? I mean, you, you see it front and center, people putting their lives at risk. I mean, you, you can't blame them for wanting to make more money for it. It's like almost like combat pay, isn't it? No, it is. And you really can't blame them if they're in the position to do that. And one of the things that we've been trying to do is those that, for whatever reason, choose to stay with us, really working hard to, to let them know how much we appreciate them. I'll tell you, one of the things that has just blown me away is that on September 10th, we went live on Epic. And there was months of preparation to get ready to do that. And we had a lot of conversations about, well, should we delay it? Because, you know, we're short-staffed and so much going on and so much stress that on the organization and on individuals in the organization. But we said, you know, we're, we're going to do it. And I could not have been more proud of the attitudes, how positive people were. They rolled up their sleeves and said, and said we're going to make this happen. And, you know, I've gone through a, a number of EHR transitions. And you know what? In the midst of COVID, because of the the attitude of the people here, it was the smoothest EHR transition I've ever been a part of. It was absolutely amazing to see everybody pull together in this time. Just fan, just fantastic, isn't it? And, and and talk about as you get through this very difficult time, Vicky. What are you most excited about? What inspires you now? What are you most excited about and focused on now? Well, actually, um, three very basic things. One is ensuring that all of our employees feel valued and respected, that they're engaged. And if we focus on that as our foundation, then that turns into great patient experiences for those people that choose to come here. And when that all comes together, we're going to have great quality. You know, something that still is really um, another amazing thing to me is when I came to Tyler to be part of this joint venture in 2018, our LeapFrog score was a D. And for um, the last two reporting um, periods, we're an A, which is pretty amazing. And this year, in spite of all the things we've been going through with COVID and growth and putting in place new residency programs and getting a medical school approved, we actually were recognized by the Texas Hospital Association um, and received their 2021 um, THA Bill Ashton Quality Award for our high right sorry, high reliability program that we call Mission Zero. And one of the things that we have that I'm also, you know, very proud of and is so important is how well our board of trustees works hand in hand with us and is so committed to quality. And in fact, our chairman of the board just received um, the Advocate of the Year Award for trustees from the Texas Healthcare um Association. So we just have a lot of good stuff going on here. I mean, I just love being here every day in spite of the challenges, which are significant. Uh, I come back every day for the people and the patients. Well, Vicki, it's really remarkable what you've done and the positive attitude and how you've played through this and how you've worked through it. And what a remarkable career. Vicki Briggs, I want to thank you again for joining us. UT Health, Tyler, uh, magnificent part of the country. Thank you for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it.